0: And verse number 46, Luke chapter 1, verse number 46. We'll be reading verses 46 through 55. This is a song, and it is an amazing song. On the lips of Mary, Luke chapter 1, praise God, verse 46. Amen. Once again, it's so good to have all of our guests that are with us in the house of the Lord today. We welcome you, and we celebrate this day. Because of God's greatness and His goodness. Amen. If you have it and you're there, say Amen. Praise God. Verse 46 And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty, hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath pulled down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Praise God for a few moments here this morning. I want to preach to you on one word. It's the name of this song. Magnificat. Mag. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's the correct way to pronounce it. Magnificat. Magnificat. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we talk about the magnificence of who Jesus is just for a few moments here. (laughs) Today in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Lord, we love you and praise you. Hallelujah. We thank you for your greatness and your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your influence and your impact in the world that we live. We give to you adoration and praise. Amen. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I want to focus this morning on the birth of Jesus through the vantage point of Mary. Particularly through the point in her life that Her life, her existence was severely interrupted. To be sure, there are disruptions in life, and everyone can acknowledge that. Certainly here in the house of God today, you could probably reflect with me. As a matter of fact, you may be in some interruptions and disruptions of life. There are disruptions in life and Mary's life was disrupted. Everyone can acknowledge that life brings some interruptions, and somebody said, amen. Praise God. Have you gone through some interruptions in 2022? You may be sitting here on a church pew in the very middle of some of those disruptions. However, the heroes of faith whose lives were disrupted are there for us, and they leave to us an example. There's some There's some very famous ones. Abraham's life was interrupted when he was in the Ur of the Chaldees and God called to him, gave to him a promise. There was a disruption in his life. He left everything that was comfortable and he set out after the promise of God. Not, the scripture said, not knowing where he was going. His life was disrupted, interrupted. Moses found himself in the home and house of Pharaoh. But the Bible says that when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And his life was interrupted and disrupted. And he said, I'm going to follow after the I am that I am. It's a scary thing. It's nerve-wracking. It creates anxiety and fear, but I'm going to follow after the things of the Lord no matter how it disrupts my life. Praise God. I just want to throw this out here to you today. You may be in life's interruptions and disruptions, but I want to clarify something here today and let you know that no matter what you're facing, there is a God whose calling on your life is greater than anything else that you may encounter. Praise God. God's a God that's going to walk with you. Praise God. He's going to be faithful to you. There may be interruptions in life, but there is something that is consistent. And what is consistent is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is why we're celebrating the king. Praise God. So these individuals that we read about in scripture where their life is interrupted, none, none is greater than Mary. And that is why my focus is upon her today. Her life is interrupted. It's disrupted. And she experiences a divine interruption where heaven breaks through to the earth. And transformation takes place. And change takes place. This, this is something that we, as Christians and believers, we pray for. Jesus gave to us that model and he said, pray that thy kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven, that there should be some interruptions in life where the kingdom of God comes down and it dwells in the earthly and that's an interruption and we pray for that and we desire that and in Mary's life, there was a divine interruption where heaven breaks through and there is a transformation and there is a change I want to know here in the house of God if anybody has a testimony that heaven broke through my world my life, my existence and there was a transformation in my life thank you brother Brian for standing up because I know what you're saying amen to is a transformation a change in your life because heaven touched down does anybody have a testimony that at one point in my life I was comfortable I was going a certain direction, but suddenly there was a change and a transformation when the heavenly came down and touched me in the earth. I'm not the same. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. If you're thankful for the new things, clap your hands and thank the Lord together. Praise God. I'm thankful for a breakthrough. And here she is in this moment on the precipice of transformation and radical change in her life. Because there has been a visitation of an angel named Gabriel in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. What does this mean? What does this mean? Because she is about to become very unfavored in the community. She is betrothed as a teenager to Joseph prior to her wedding date, and this angel is speaking to her about a child that is going to be born. This is scandalous. This is going to create whispers in the community. She is going to be viewed with disdain. And yet the angel says, you are highly favored. There's a message in that. If you, feel like, if you feel like hell is coming against you and everybody else doesn't understand, and yet there is a message that says you are highly favored. You know, sometimes it's better to do what is right and be highly favored than to receive the accolades of men and culture and the world. I would rather be highly favored and people not understand me than to be received by a world and not be in the favor of God. Praise God. Let his favor be upon our life today. I'm praying that in the house of God today, that God's favor is upon each and every one of you that have gathered together to worship in the house of God today. Mary, you are highly favored. Man, you're highly favored. And yet what I'm telling you is going to blow your world apart. Turn it upside down and cause a lot of fear and anxiety. And the angel, he says it once here, and we'll read it again in in another passage, but he says it twice. He says, you are favored. This is kind of anxious and scary because Mary is asking the question, who am I? Who am I to receive God's favor? I don't come from any major status. Why would God choose me? Who am I? God's favor. What does that even mean? God's favor means that His approval and His acceptance is appearing upon somebody like Moses and Noah and Joseph and Samuel and Jesus were highly favored individuals. You know how you receive the favor of God? You know why the favor of God is upon your life, Mary? The favor of God doesn't touch people who are proud and arrogant. The the favor of God is not going to touch their life. It's a certain posture, and this is one thing we know about Mary. It's a certain posture of worship that's says God I recognize I'm not much of anything I'm limited I'm the lowest of the lows and God's favor comes in on a person who has a humbleness and a spirit and an attitude of worship that says I recognize I am nothing but I know how great God is I'm not approaching him with pride and arrogance I'm not coming him with an attitude and any kind of esteem but God, I'm coming to you, declaring your glory. I recognize how great you are and how small and insignificant I am. It's the words of John that said he must increase, but I must decrease. It's a posture of worship. I didn't come here today to worship you. I didn't come here today to worship me and my ego. Hallelujah. And all the things that are attached to me. But I came to the house of God today to worship the king of kings and to magnify his glory and his greatness and his goodness i realize i shouldn't even be in the house of god today because i'm the lowest of the lows the writer said i'm a worm but thank god god's mercy has been upon my life thank god his favor has been upon my life you know why you're sitting on a church pew because of god's favor Praise God. Come on, we really should worship Him today because we are highly favored. Highly favored and accepted. Highly favored and accepted despite who we are. Despite who we are. Mary said, Who am I? This is a question that comes out In this whole conversation with this angel, the favor of God rests upon people who have a posture of worship, of humbleness, where we recognize our limitations, our limitations, and we see his glory. Praise God. And so there's fear that comes upon her. Great fear in Jewish culture at the time. Mary and Joseph were already legally bound On the wedding day, they would consummate the arrangement. But other than that, they were married in Jewish culture. In our culture, an engagement is not legally binding. If it's not working, you can break off an engagement without a legal scuffle. But not so at this time. They were legally connected. And so this word from the angel is frightening to a very young girl. Mary was very young. The right age for engagement at this time in the first century would have been 13 to 16, late middle middle school to early high school today, 13 to 16. Mary is, is from a dirty, nothing town in the sticks called Nazareth, a place of nowhere An often despised place of little note. No one really knew or cared about Nazareth. I imagine it's probably a lot like this little small town that dots an intersection somewhere where you pass through and you wonder who in the world would live in this God-forsaken place. That's Nazareth. Mary is from there. It was a speck on the map. It was impoverished. It was insignificant. This conversation continues with the angel in verse 29 of Luke chapter 1. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind, what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. The second time, favor with God. And behold... Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost... I'm going to allow your cousin Elizabeth who was old in age and barren to conceive and have a child and I'm going to overshadow a virgin and impregnate her through power and anointing and you're going to give birth to one called Jesus. Both ends of the spectrum seem like an impossibility but with God nothing is impossible. I've come here today to preach faith and say to you that you may be looking at situations in your life saying it's an impossibility but with God all things are possible. Don't give up on God because as long as God is in the mix and in the equation, everything is a possibility. You need to look hell right in the face and say it's still a possibility if God is at at work. You need to look at the accuser of the brethren and say as long as God is at work nothing is impossible. But even at that, that's still a fearful thing, yes? (laughs) Even at that she still questions, how can this be? This is a Basically, the angel saying to a young girl from nowhere, even though you're not married and still a virgin, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world, the Jewish Messiah that your people are waiting for. You, an unknown girl from an unknown place, will do this very thing and it's going to interrupt your life mess with your plans, it's going to wreck your peace and your sleep and your friendships and every inch of your world is going to change. But you, Mary, you're the one that is going to do this. This is a very, very difficult thing to receive. And so she asks the hard question, how is this a possibility? I'd, I'd much rather prefer to stay in my comfort zone. See, God still calls us in the same way that he calls Mary I know it seems difficult and I know you're in a comfort zone but I'm calling you out of your comfort zone into an area that seems very dangerous and you may be fearful but know this I'm calling you I'm directing you I'm interrupting your life for a greater purpose praise God you know what I, I'm I'm convinced I don't want to get too comfortable I want God to interrupt my life and things in my life that are going to greater expand the kingdom of God. Don't get too comfortable. Don't stay in your comfort zone, but be like Mary who was fearful and yet she was still willing to receive the invitation to be something and to do something for the kingdom of God. Don't get so comfortable that your life is not interrupted with the work of God and the kingdom of God. Do I have a witness in this place here today? God needs to interrupt our world, move us out of our comfort zone so that we step in to the realm of God's promise and blessing and favor. Praise God. It's a hard question. But the call of God means this. You mean I may have to abandon some old relationships? Yeah, Probably. Probably. You mean I'm going to have to live without my vices and my coping mechanisms. Probably. Probably, yes. You mean I'm going to have to change? Nobody likes change. You mean I'm going to have to change? Yes, it's going to. Mary, it's going to create some major change in your life. Yes. Major, major change. Anything that you do for God is going to come at a cost. It's going to be an interruption. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right, right? I felt the Holy Ghost right there. In a moment of silence here, I felt the Holy Ghost. It's an interruption. It is a disruption in your life, and it's going to cost some things. But I want to say to you, I want to say to you that if you'll respond to the invitation of the Holy Ghost, there's greater things that are going to happen in your life rather than you stay on the side of comfortability and saying, I don't want to move from where I am. Praise God. We need to all pray in the house of God here today God, I don't like change. I like to stay right where I am. But if you're going to do something with my life, expand. You're going to grow and develop me. Help me step into the realm of saying, I don't want to get. So comfortable that you can't interrupt my life. Praise God. I think we need to pray that right, right now. Let's pray that right now, together in the house of God. God help me be sensitive and open to you interrupting. Praise God. Interrupting my life and disrupting some things in my life. If it means being used in a greater capacity for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you're standing at that threshold, there is is fear and trepidation. Praise God. There is fear and trepidation because that means something. The minute you step over that threshold into that work of God and the ministry of God, there's a lot of unknowns there. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying here today? Yeah, I want to be used of God. I want to step over that threshold. The thing that will keep you from doing that is fear and anxiety. And Mary, she's not Disconnected from that, she feels that, she feels that stress of disruption and interruption, and yet, despite that, she steps over the threshold, and she says, yes, yes, I will be used of you, I don't even understand it. I recognize it's going to turn my world upside down, but God, I'm going to say yes to you. You know what we need to listen to more often? We need to listen to the voice of the Lord instead of the voices in our world. We need to listen to the Lord and say yes instead of the voices that are connected to us, friendships that are connected to us, that are unbelieving friendships. We need to step into the realm of other people that are willing to say yes and say we are on The Lord's side. I'm stepping over that threshold. I'm moving beyond that fear. I'm going to trust God in the unknown. And God's going to do great things in my life. I'm going to speak it as if it's already happened. I've got white knuckles. I'm anxious. I don't know how this is going to turn out. But I am going to trust in God. and this is where she is verse number 38 after all of that huh? she says behold and you put verse 38 up there thank you behold the handmaid of the lord who am i i'm just a young girl in the sticks i'm just a handmaid of the lord but be it unto me according to thy word and the angel Departed from her. This needs to be very, very clear because sometimes we read this and it's so flowery, sounds so great that we bypass the reality of what it means for her to say yes. This was not some muffled consent. This was yes, one hundred percent. I recognize, don't understand, but I'm gonna trust. In the Lord this this is not something that's going to lead to a joyful pregnancy filled with adoring friends and sweet baby showers her life instantly becomes a cascade of gossip and drama and her very decision to say yes was met with the threat of death You say well how do, how do you know that well in the Old Testament law, in Deuteronomy chapter 22, it spelled out that a woman pregnant before the wedding who was betrothed was assumed to be an adulteress. And so if she was taken as an adulteress, her penalty would be death by stoning. So when Mary says yes, she is saying yes to a God and it comes with great risk. Just as anybody, whoever says yes to God, comes at a risk but I'm preaching to somebody here today that I believe doesn't want to live a life that is not risky. Praise God. What is there in life if you're not taking some risk, stepping out boldly in faith and saying, God, I want to be used of you. This should be something that beats in every single one of our hearts. Why would we even be here in the house of God if there wasn't something beating in us that says, I want to be used of God. I want to step out into realms of unknown. These are things I dream about and think about. I can see revival taking place. I can see God using me and developing me. Praise God. Can I get a witness in the house of God today. Praise God when everybody else may reject my dream and my thinking I'm going to step out and say yes. God I want, to, I want you to use me. Joseph obviously backed down from these and other expected legal proceedings of the time. Mary's decision also included him He could have abandoned her. He could have left her poor, unwed, and with a child who, according to Deuteronomy 23, could be mocked and excluded from certain assemblies in their culture. But Mary's yes forced Joseph to make some hard decisions as well. Oh, man, I'm really preaching here today. Mary said, yes! Joseph had to make a decision. Is he going to say yes too? Is it's going to cost him just as much as it's going to cost her? Something must have been in Joseph's heart and life to say, I love that woman that is betrothed to me. And even though we don't understand, completely understand all of this, we're going to trust God in the middle of this. What were the odds that her devout Jewish husband would abandon the custom? of shaming a suspected adulteress? That's a good question. What were the odds that her community would forgive this and not understand it? What were the odds that she would get any semblance of life after this? After all, it's not like the angel says to her, all will be well after this goes down. The minute she says, yes, he's gone. He's gone. And yet there is great power in her yes. I believe that Mary knew that my yes is connected to the God that is giving me the promise. And I know the story of my people and I know the story of God's people. And I know the way that God took care of his people. And in particular, I know the way that God has taken care of women who who have come before me. I know that God took care of Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba. And so while she knew that her situation was dire, she worships a God who cares for his people as they face dire circumstances. God does not promise relief from trouble, but he promises his presence in times of trouble. And so Mary is going to worship God and she's going to say yes to God because she has great confidence in God. When you are are facing the battle of your life, you say yes to God, not because you're overwhelmed by the situation or the valley that you're in. You say yes to God because you believe that God ultimately wins no matter what happens. I want to build your faith in the house of God today. You may feel like you're under duress and everything is upside down. God may not take those things away from you, but know this. He's a God that will walk with you and ultimately He deserves the praise and the glory no matter what happens. I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I don't know what's going to transpire and. To take place, but I know my yes is connected to a God that is greater than the kingdoms of this world. I know that my yes is connected to a power that is going to get me through every trial. It's going to get me through every test. It's going to get me through every valley. It's going to get me through every struggle. Praise God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm going to make it because of my faith in God. I'm going to make it because of my trust in God. I'm going to make it because of the power that is in God. Praise God. Come on, we need to thank God. Hallelujah. My yes is connected to something that is greater than I am. says yes because she has confidence in God so she has fear yet she says yes and then when you and I would be running for the hills she breaks out in song she breaks out into The angel told her that her cousin was pregnant six months in front of her. And so she goes to visit Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth greets her and calls her blessed. (laughs) Thank God, Elizabeth said, Mary, you are blessed of God and honored of God. Sometimes when we come to people with things that we feel like God is talking to us, dealing with us, calling us to. And we go to some people, they look at us and say stuff like, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? Not Elizabeth. Elizabeth says you are blessed of God. Listen, when God is calling you and he's moving you and he's growing you and he's developing you, get around people that will encourage you and pick you up. Stay away from the naysayers. Well, I should have had a bigger response than that. You need to stay away from the negativity and people that are going to downplay the calling of God in your life. You need to get around an Elizabeth that says, you know what? That's exciting and I celebrate with you. God has blessed you. The favor of God is upon you and you're going to produce something that is powerful that impacts the world. So when Elizabeth tells Mary this, Mary breaks out in what is known as the Magnificat that we have read. She breaks out in song. I want you to post this because I want you to notice something that is very, very important in her song. Mary's song, Luke chapter one and verse number 46. She breaks out in the Magnificat and she starts, she starts singing. And I want to read this and every time that we come to the word half, okay? I want you to say that out loud. I'll read it, but anytime you see a half, I want you to speak it out loud, okay? And, And I believe emphatically that Mary in this fear, and yet she's saying yes, and she stepped over the threshold. See, here's the deal. Half, most of the battle is stepping across the threshold. When God says, I'm going to bless you, I've got, you're highly favored, I'm going to call you, and you can't make sense of everything, and you're anxious, and you're fearful, and yet you say yes, and you step across the threshold, that's most of the battle right there, is stepping across the threshold. Once you get on the other side of the fear and the anxiety of being used of God, you've got nothing left to lose, right? You've already crossed it. You've already stepped into the deep, and so Mary breaks out in a song, and I want you to notice in her lyrics what she does. It's very, very emphatic. And if you read through it, you'll miss it. And so every time you see half, I want you to say it. And I want you to say it with the same intensity and in fervor that you think this, this, this 13 to 16 year old girl hanging on to the promise of God, not understanding the full ramifications. As she writes this song, she doesn't do it without some energy and passion, but she puts some things in it that is very revolutionary. So when you see half, I want you to say it out loud. Okay. All right. Verse 46. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit half rejoiced in God, my savior. For he half regarded the low estate of his handmaiden for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed for he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation he hath showed strength with his arm he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts he half put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree he half filled the hungry with good things and the rich he half sent away empty he half opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and he spake to our fathers to Abraham and to his seed forever You know what Mary is doing in this song? She is making everything in the past tense, even though it hasn't happened already. She's already stepped over the threshold. It hasn't happened yet. But Mary's saying, it has already happened. There is power in the individual that can stand in the present and speak to the future based on the promise of God. It's going to happen. It's already happened. Half, 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 half. He hath strengthened me. He has been a power to me. He has provided to me. I may not understand it right now, but I'm speaking it as if it has already happened. Praise God. I feel faith in this place. Wherever you're standing right now, you need to speak and say, it has been done. It has been done. God has done marvelous things. And it's already happened. Woo! Somebody, somebody shout unto God. Hallelujah. I'm speaking faith in the house of God today. I'm speaking it as if it has already been done. It may look dismal. It may look abysmal. But it's going to happen. Praise God. You can be seated. I'd be running for cover. I'd be calling my people. I'd be trying to prepare for the onslaught of life after a moment like this. But Mary, Mary breaks out into song because she sees herself in the fabric of Abraham. Mary the the insignificant one based on the promise of God reaches all the way back to the father of the faithful and she says my life is wrapped up in the fabric of Abraham's life and the promise that was made to Abraham that stretches through every segment of history to this point praise God what you're doing is wrapped up into the fabric going all the way back to Abraham and Mary the little insignificant one from the Sticks and Nazareth gives you the opportunity to have the same fervor and intensity to know that my life is interconnected and connected to the fabric of what God is doing. I want you to think big. Think big. Don't think insignificant and limited. If your life is wrapped up into that history, if it's wrapped up into what Jesus is doing, praise God, there is a great opportunity to step forth into the calling of God. and do great and marvelous things with your life. Don't sell yourself short. Don't give up and say, I don't have the talents or the abilities. Mary gives you the ability through the magnificence of her song to say you have the ability to be used of God. Me, in the middle of God history? Yeah, you. Ned your neighbor and tell them you can be in the middle of God history. That was soft. It needs to be kind of loud. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, you are in the middle of God history. Praise God. Yeah, you. She breaks out in song. This is one of the most famous songs in history. And it's called the Magnificat because the first words of the song come from the opening line, magnify. The Greek word is megaluno. The English word is magnify. It means to make or declare great. Magnify, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And the Latin word is magnificat. And so commonly referred to as the Magnificat. It's the longest set of words spoken by a woman in the New Testament. Huh. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them, that's pretty cool. You didn't know that. The longest set of words spoken by a woman in the New Testament. In some countries, it has been banned. In three specific countries. Three different countries banned public recitation of Mary's Magnificat. These governments considered the song's message to be dangerously subversive. During the British rule of India, the Magnificat was prohibited from being sung in church. In the 1980s, Guatemala's government discovered Mary's words about God's preferential love for the poor to be too dangerous and revolutionary. And so they banned it. Similarly, Argentina outlawed any public display of Mary's song. The German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer recognized the revolutionary nature of Mary's song and before being executed by the Nazis, Bonhoeffer spoke these words in a sermon during Advent in 1933. This is what he said. The Song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It is at once the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary whom we sometimes see in paintings. This song has none of the sweet, nostalgic, or even playful tones of some of our Christmas carols. It is instead a hard, strong, inexorable song about the power of God and the powerlessness of humankind. Now, I want to be very emphatic here today. Some of those countries banned this song. This is not a treatise of dialectical methods used by Karl Marx in communist philosophy where the proletariat overthrows the bourgeoisie. Uh-uh. No. Mary's song, The Magnificat, has not to do with that, but it does have to do with God's plan to interrupt darkness, injustice, and poverty. God, through her song, plans to redeem all the broken shards of life that are scattered across this dark world. This God whose favor rests upon her, this God whose love empowers her, this God who chooses to use her, this God is going to turn the entire planet upside down and shake it For his glory, she is going to give birth to one by the name of Jesus that through Calvary and the power of the blood is going to be able to wash and cleanse every sin stain. There's going to be a new birth message whereby an individual can repent of their sins, identifying with Jesus' death, be buried in baptism in his name identifying with his burial and coming up in resurrected life out of a tomb through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is going to shake the foundations of the world. It's going to topple governments. It's going to remove people from positions of power because the sovereign king is greater than any kingdom and he is the king of all kings and the Lord of lords the power is going to be felt not in the earth but even outside of the earth in a spiritual dimension you're not going to hell today because of Mary's song of redemption through the power of Jesus Christ Anybody knows that her song at this time would have been aimed at Herod. Herod, the ruler of the day, when he later hears that a baby king has been born and wise men have come to give gifts, he orders the slaughter of children under two years of age at a mere whiff of a challenge to his authority, and he responds with mass. murder. In a culture where freedom of speech was not welcome and death was the penalty for disagreeing with leadership, Mary's song was rather jarring. Fists clenched, eyes wide, shaking but with utmost resolution. Mary is confident of God's promises to write the broken world that she lives in. And she puts all the verbs in her song in past tense. Amazing. When you can live in the present and not know what the future holds, but you say it's already done. God's interruption and disruption into Mary's life took her fear, her favor, and her yes I said God's interruption into her life brought her the fear of the unknown, the favor of God and a willingness to say yes and through her God manifested himself in this world and through his redemption Mary brought Jesus into the world to change the world Praise God. How bad do we want to change the world? <laughs> you know, there's some people not here in the house of God today on a Christmas day that the world calls, calls because it's too much of an interruption, It's too much of a disruption. How much do we want to change the world? Well, if we're going ch- to change the world, it's going to be through disruptions and interruptions in our life where we see the bigger picture of what God is doing. God interrupted Mary's very life and he interrupted her physical body. God interrupted evil through Mary's song and God interrupted the very world through the power of a born child by the name of Jesus. Interruptions are frustrating to say the least. We bristle when people interrupt us around our house. It's becoming a point of contention because everybody talks at once and you're interrupting. Nobody likes interruptions. Parents shush their children who don't interrupt me when I'm talking. We struggle with disruptions. We pace when our internet, power, water, other services interrupt. We can barely handle an interruption in our daily routines. So how then can we manage to say yes to a life of interruptions from God if we hold on so tightly to those things that really, in the broader scope and picture of things, are meaningless? Whenever and however God is interrupting you, It helps to look at the example of Mary today to find strength to respond. What does she tell us? She tells us find favor, find the favor of God, the acceptance of God. How am I going to do that? With a heart that is humble, not a a heart that's arrogant and proud, looks at everybody with a chip on your shoulder. No, that's not going to find the favor of God and the blessing of God and the acceptance of God. The humbleness that finds you favor is your face in an altar somewhere and a carpet somewhere when you're beating your chest and you're saying, I'm not worthy. That's what Mary tells us. Mary tells us to admit your fear. Admit your fear. Sometimes when you make decisions, it's very easy on this side of that threshold to say, yeah. Then when you have to step over that, you realize, I'm not quite sure what I've signed up to do, but God, I'm going to trust you. Believe your promise and your calling is right. And when you get in moments like that, find people that are going to support you and strengthen you and encourage you. Mary found somebody to help her with her fear. She didn't, she didn't bury her head in the sand. She found somebody that would help her through the anxiety and the struggle. And so she faced her fears. She took stock of what was at risk, and she said, yes. She processed it. She thought about it. She admitted that this is a scary proposition. It's going to mess with everything in my life, and change is scary. She helps us with that. She helps us understand that at some point you have to say yes. We have a decision that has to be made. And I'm going to integrate my life into a lot of people that have said yes over the years. You know what? The calling of God is such a great... Next year, we're going to be stepping into the realm of 80 years of GBFPC, 80 years. 80 years, three pastors, IH Terry, Leon Frost. There's a lot of fabric over 80 years of people that have interrupted life to say, I'm willing to sacrifice my life Greater cause of God's kingdom. We need to be very, very thankful for people that have said yes. Not just here, not just in this building, not just in this church, but people that have gone out from here, not just to other places in the States, but have gone throughout the world who have been willing to say yes. Yeah, it's an interruption, but I will tell you today with tremendous confidence that your yes will not be wasted. It will not be easy, and for some, it's going to lead you to places of pain and challenge that you never imagined existed. But we're still going to go with God, and his peace and his presence are going to go before and after us. So let us say yes. Would there be anybody that would join together with me together for a moment right now and just say yes? God, I say yes to you. Praise God. I want you to stand to your feet, lift up your hands, and let's let's say that as a prayer. Praise God. Come on, lift up your voice and just. Say yes. Y'all yes. Yeah, may be an interruption. There may be some disruptions, some pain and suffering and anguish, but God, Jesus, I lift my hands. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. just